Good morning, Robert. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So you're the CEO and, and founder, of course, of XY01. Would you like to quickly introduce yourself and um, obviously your company as well? Yeah, of course. Uh, so my name is Robert landis Krog. I am uh, coming to you from uh, Oslo in the cold north at the moment uh, from our headquarters. Um, I'm the CEO of XY01, uh, which is a four, three and a half year old company right now. Um, and basically what we do is we have a uh, we have a very heavy focus on branding and brand management. So we have a international brand studio, which is our main sort of um, business focus. And then we also have a startup studio, which uh, works with uh, both with startup driven corporate innovation, but also creates startups and is a bit of a kind of startup factory uh, that uh, has a couple of portfolio companies that we manage or help manage and grow over time. Um, offices in uh, several cities in Norway. We are opening Shanghai and Munich this year, COVID mm. allowing. Uh, so should be fun. Yeah. But you did a lot of lot of different things before that, right? So like yes. maybe if you could talk a little bit about what were the most important steps in your career, starting with your studies. Mm. Um. Again, I'm, I'm going to start a little bit before that, if, if it's okay with you, because sure. um, I, uh, I'm very much, uh, at least I used to be a, a generalist. Um, I, I've, been, I've been doing everything from uh, having a music studio, dealing with artists, creating mobile phone covers with design on them, and, uh, and owning a nightclub. So I, I tried all of that stuff mm, okay. uh, when I was younger. <laughs> Um, but that was because I'm I'm essentially an entrepreneur, right? I I, I want to create things, um, yeah. and I've I've tried to create things from the very beginning of 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 when I when I was able to think because I really enjoy to you know have a creative process and try to figure out what's what's the best way of going forward. And, and I like to do it as a kid, uh, and I like to do it now. And um, I'm I'm probably if I wouldn't do what I do today, I would probably be a designer or something. Um, but okay. Like in terms of going from from being like a, a young person to that that explored sort of everything uh, more as a hobby than anything else, I I went to um, I went to very general studies. I went to out of all possible things, I went to a, a master of business hotel management school in the Netherlands. Um, and what that the reason why I chose that education is is actually because I thought okay if you it's probably one of very lucid moments when you're 19 years old. But what I wanted to know is every single part of a business, right? And there's hardly any business in the world that is so perishable as hotel rooms, mm. which you can see now with Airbnb and <laughs> yeah. everything, right? It's like if you yeah. haven't sold that room on Wednesday, you will never, ever be able to sell it again, right? Mm. So there's this whole sort of operation within that uh, sort of management system where you have to know marketing, you have to do the finances, you know, have to know people, HR, uh, and that education that chose gave me that fundamental understanding of running a high sort of high turnover business which is was super interesting and i really enjoyed that although they use hotels as a general idea i think about 50 or 60 percent of the students that come from that university do completely different things today mm, do you think it, it was an advantage for you to have this whole theory that you learn in, in like the classical um, business studies applied to the hotel industry yeah, I um, 
what I liked about it, it was faster. So we didn't spend like two years on finance. We spent like four yeah. months. All right. Um, I really enjoyed that. I think that was really good because it gives you this helicopter. They educate you to be a CEO, right? Or, or a hotel manager or whatever you want to call it. Mm. So what they do is they give you really quick overviews of the different elements of your enterprise and know what the people that are specialists know, right? So you know what they do in a broader sense. So I um, I really appreciated that, and I, I didn't think I would like it because I'm 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 a person that likes to travel, but I thought hotels was a bit like, you know, uh, it wasn't that cool or that tacky or techy or, or or what you want to say. But I think I mean, it gave me this um, this very very fast overview of how to run a business, and I, that's really what I wanted, right? Because I I tried to do that when I was younger, and I didn't really know how to do it. So mm, okay, so so your in- intention was was to learn that um, even before you or when you decided to do exactly that uh, direction in the first place yeah i wanted to um i wanted to figure out how to how to run things i mm. i was pretty clear at the very beginning that i wasn't wasn't going to end up uh managing a hotel when i was done with the studies that was never sort of my idea but it felt like that those studies were really tailored for entrepreneurs without them probably knowing that themselves mm. i see so maybe tell the audience a little bit about the most important career stops that led to XY01 and that came after your time in the the early beginnings in the hotel industry. Right. So um my uh I mean, my career was was filled with coincidences and I think that's probably quite normal nowadays. Um I'm not that old yet, right? I'm only 40 only 42. <laughs> um but uh I uh I went from um from being a bit entrepreneurial in the in my early days. So when I was like 17, 18, 19, I would do like a mobile would do something with mobile phones or I would uh, design covers for Nokia or uh you know, create some uh, little garage for scooters, but it was all, all about being a bit of an entrepreneur. And then um, I chose a school which was heavily focused on international business, but it had a it had a sort of a side uh, a side on um, on on hospitality and then focus on that because it gives you like a multi business overview. And then from there, I started working for a large hotel company called. Uh, Radisson, and we developed their loyalty program when they um, when they left sort of the uh, the SAS airline um, cooperation. So when Radisson SAS and SAS Airlines uh, split, and it just became Radisson and Radisson Blue, we um, we worked on creating a loyalty program that wasn't integrated with the airline, and that was my first sort of exposure to proper brand management. I would say. I mean, I've been mm-hmm. I've been in brands and branding for. Uh, basically all my life but i didn't know that right mm-hmm. um so uh so what when you when you start running around with a theory on how to get people to stay with the brand and like it and enjoy and, and have a relationship to it and this was this was in 1997 right 99 mm. yeah something like that so it's it's quite a long time ago right so you had didn't have all those digital tools we have today so you have to figure out how to create that loyalty and how people are are interacting with brands and that's when i started to figure out that branding and, and this um this whole sort of theory on brand management is really what i what i really enjoyed and also as really fell in love with as a profession right at the mm. time mm. um and then coincidentally i uh ran into a job in norway which was you know, it wasn't uh, it wasn't really on my plan to work in hotels at all. 
or uh, or or even with hospitality because that that didn't feel that it was like the, the whole point of it but i was offered a sales and marketing position in um one of the largest hotels in um in uh, or the most fashionable hotels in in the country and then they needed to increase their international guest count and they had no they didn't really know how to do that and that was sort of something i thought oh that's cool because it's travel and it's, it's representing a brand and it's mm. trying to tell a story right and yes and i did that for like a little bit i don't know year year and a half and with really good results and and simply by applying this brand thinking into uh into that that kind of a job um and got a little bit known for that um and then one day i get this uh phone call uh, i'll never forget that uh it was this, it was this guy called me i said pick up that is robert and said, yes, is this robert i'm like yeah so robert i hear <laughs> you're really good at branding I'm like oh, okay <laughs> and then and then uh, we need to talk and then and then the, it turned out that this person was um was one of the one of the vice presidents from hard rock cafe uh, uh who wanted to open a location in norway right and then right. Uh, they needed someone to really manage that brand because the funny thing is hard rock is, is one of these brands right where pe some people hate it some love it some don't care but still today it is one of the most sold t-shirts in the world right so it's, yeah. It's, yeah. it's really strange and it's only cool when you're not in your own city right it's cool when you go to london if you don't live in london it's cool when you're in new york and you don't live in new york that kind of stuff right? so yeah. it's very strange but so long story short i uh, started working for them as a first as a director of uh, marketing and brand for um for the oslo grand opening which was like an innovative uh, place and i wanted to try and do things differently and then i worked on a scandinavian level and then after that a bit global with um with the brand direction and until the concept and the brand actually was sold from hilton to um to the seminole tribe in the us so uh, and then i um and then then i thought okay you know and i learned so much about branding and, and applied it and, and tried it out and had different sort of customer stories and figured out how to position something and all these kind of things i thought okay now it's time for me to become a consultant mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and uh and i was planning on doing that in a different country but you know as as life goes you uh, meet your future wife and etc uh, etc et so then i i stayed uh and i've been always working internationally from norway so it's always been a good airport right you can get anywhere you want within the next mm. two hours so it's, it's, it's mm. never a problem um and then uh i started working as a consultant in um in a company uh as a well sort of mid junior plus maybe mid-level consultant at some point and after i don't know six months i thought it was all a load of and now you can say beep <laughs> but but i, I really felt you like mean it consulting was, in general no or? not consulting but the way that brand consultancy would define brand management mm -hmm. i just found it i found it extremely old school and not applied to how the world actually is Uh, and how things are going in in that, that time and age. So I, I after after six seven months, I felt like I was completely in the wrong place. But I loved consulting. I loved sort yeah. of helping different companies. Like yeah. every day, you help three different companies to figure something out, right? Which is great. Yeah. It's like so motivating because you learn so much. Like in the last, and then I don't know. In the, just in that, those six months, I think I I learned of accounting. I learned of oil and gas. I learned of retail. It's like there's so many things you can gain from 
being a consultant, right? And if mm. you're if you're lucky enough to be a part of a consultancy that has clients, which is always a good thing, um, that is not sort of micro focus in one industry, you get to learn a lot, which I thought was really cool. Um, yeah. And then you maybe you can also like you didn't do it, but it would be possible that you take what you learn from a consultancy job and um, you know like some something you learn about a, a specific industry or something and then use that to to um to found something to just start a business at your own yeah and i think but uh, well i did do that <laughs> um uh but the thing is i think when you are a consultant I, i i believe that being a consultant if you're not to focus on one thing is probably one of the better ways to become a founder um because yeah. you get exposed to so many gaps in the market right you yeah. learn that oh uh this nobody's doing this oh accounting firms have that problem oh oil and gas is really struggling with that so uh, so you get like yeah. you get exposed yeah. to all these market niches that that do things in a different way and you're able to do something about it because you're part of the solution right so you can figure out that there it may be a market need for something that you think but also it gives you this um you know it gives you this tremendous possibility of 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 learning right and when you learn from other people's mistakes or from other companies struggles you may be yeah. able to create something yourself that is better right yeah or that doesn't yeah. make those mistakes yeah yeah and at, at this point in in your in your career um obviously your your network was was really developed right you you had a lot of contacts and you were you were known for for what you could do And, and therefore, a lot of possibilities and opportunities and develop, right? Uh, I would love to say, yes, that's true. Um, <laughs> and everybody would call me and my phone would go. I had to change batteries every every day because my phone would go so warm from all the people that called me to help them. Fortunately, yeah. it wasn't like that. Uh, no, I came, the thing is, I came to Norway in 2003 or something like that. Um, and then and then working in a country that 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 you essentially have no network in is something you start creating once you get there, right? Mm. This is easier today because obviously there's more, uh, there's more digital communication going on ever before, right? Uh, but yeah. so, so you have this possibility of increasing your network faster, but it took some time, I have to say. I mean, because I also work very internationally from Norway, right? So the Norwegian network isn't very big mm. uh, or wasn't very big at the time. So, yeah. so it, it's something you have to actively pursue it's um it doesn't come automatically network is probably the most important thing uh when it comes to creating something in the beginning because at some point you'll need money you might need good mm -hmm. advice you might need clients right um and then that that helps you get off the ground mm -hmm. although in uh although when you, let's say you create an app right and that app is called facebook you don't need network to do that right you just need users and if people like yeah. it they will spread the word right so it's a different thing but if you try to sell services or create something that you need to test or you're dependent on other people hiring you that that sort of demands network right and network is good because network gives opportunities mm. so what are your methods that you deployed in order to increase your network because i hear from a lot of founders that you don't really have someone in your network as long as you didn't work with that person like it, it it's it's not enough to just be connected on linkedin something like that or what is your opinion on that when is something somebody in your network um i i actually disagree with that i think okay the um the most important 
part of networking. And then they, what do I, I mean, I, I just, <laughs> I just do it the way I think it's right. And that might not be the, the good answer. But I think if you're able to contact or talk to somebody based on a connection, right? Yeah. That is a network. Mm. Because in the end, if I can say to a CEO of some company that, that I have, uh, that I play tennis at the same club or that I uh, drive the same car or the same motorbike or whatever, you always have to sort of figure out what is the reason that someone should talk to you, Yeah. right? Because if yeah. you don't have that reason, people don't want to spend time on it. It's like there's, there's so much stuff going on. The higher up you are in organizations, the more people are trying to contact you and tell them that you should buy their services, right? And you don't want to do that. So, yeah. I mean, my my approach to this usually is is like I I like to learn and 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 socialize and understand people. So I don't necessarily like to sell to anyone. You know what I mean? Mm, mm, it's okay. like I, I I want to sort of I want people to know that if you want to buy something from me, you can. If you if you feel like it and if you feel like I'm good at what I do, but I'll never force you to do that. I'll, I'll never be like, "Ooh, uh, I, I would like to sell you this. How about we take a meeting?" I, I, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't like that approach. But again, I, I've been my main, you call it Germany Geschäft <laughs> um, <laughs> business has been uh, has been has been consulting for the last fifteen years, right? So 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 or maybe twenty. Even. So so I, I'm very sort of used to this uh network approach to selling your services right you need to be present you need to mm -hmm. you need to maybe hold to some keynotes or do you know, need to do some teaching and i don't know and then you get invited to a podcast and then someone listens to you think oh that guy uh, has uh, has some good ideas to call it <laughs> i mean yeah. <laughs> you know what it is I, it's, it's all yeah. a bit like it's a whole it's a whole sort of bag that you need to work with and then if you and like we did when i when when i started my first real company after this uh, brand management fiasco, as I would call it, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> when I thought I could do things better, it was it was pretty hard, right? Because you have to start in a niche market, because obviously Norway is really small, and also the um, branding and brand management is very sort of underdeveloped in the in in this part of the world, at least was at that point. And then, then you have to figure out how do I get people to trust me with their brands, right? Mm. What age so, were you at the time? Uh, 28. Yeah. Okay. All Let right. me think. I got my first kid when I was 30. I started two years. Yes. 28. All right. 28. Something like that. Okay. And then it was, it was a success or how did it go? Um, well, I, I was able to pay my bills and my cars and my, and my scooters and my motorbikes. So I think in that sort of sense <laughs> was a success. Um, but mm -hmm. it, it didn't grow very big. Right in the very beginning, because you make all those mistakes that you've seen yeah. everyone else do. Because suddenly you do your, you run your own company, and you have to think about rent. You have to think about employees. You have to think about sales and marketing, and you know all those things. And you make very sort of short-sighted decisions because you need to take care of cash flow. And when you're 26, 27, you're not an experienced founder, right? You, you do things because you like them. You, you, it feels like it's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but what I can say is like the the one thing that that I learned over time is like because I I didn't go into like products or technology before maybe five six seven eight years later but the the one thing I I always always feel is an edge especially when you deal with competence but also in general is like is reading and mm -hmm. it's 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 
it's about lo- sort of being a part of what's going on in the world, right? Understand what the big brands are doing um, and reflect on that, right? So I have, I think ever since I was like 20, I would always, before I go to bed, I would sort of read through sort of international newspapers or would look at different cases for companies and just out of pure interest to see what's going on, right? And because also you can be a part of a conversation and you get lots of innovations and, and, and knowledge and learnings can be gained from like, if you do 10 minutes a day, right? Yeah. Just 10 minutes in the after, in the evening, check what's going on in the world, look at what which company bought what company, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's like there's so many things you suddenly know. What what but, businesses would you re- recommend specifically because I always have the feeling like when when there's a headline, the whole world already knows it. I think um what I see the way I do and I'll, I'll explain it in two seconds. I think if you're about a day ahead of the news, then you're then you're quite good in today's world right um yeah uh, but what is interesting is that every single country is very focused on what that country does right mm. so you'll get the news what's going on you'll get the news what's going on with porsche or volkswagen or bosch or whatever yeah in 20 seconds right if volkswagen says ooh our new green color is based is made from trees from uh, southeast uh, whatever <laughs> that will be headline in your newspaper in 25 seconds and it will show up in the us in a week if it does mm. um so what i do is i use an app called flipboard okay and i've been using a version of that app for the last i don't know 15 years i think but it essentially it, it collects on a global level all the news bits and bytes that are that fit my profile. That means mm-hmm. I make a profile that says I'm interested in design, I'm interested in innovation, interested in startups, I'm interested in ocean technology, I'm interested in motorbikes and old Porsches that never run, I don't know, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And I and that makes it interesting because I mix my private interests with the professional ones. And then you get like a little magazine that takes news from Twitter, it takes news from BuzzFeed, it takes news from the financial times of germany it, it takes it from everywhere right and it just collects mm-hmm. this it gives me this collection of things right so I, and of course i miss 150,000 things but i don't miss 30 mm. right mm. and it becomes something that you can use because you can apply learnings from a fintech company from london to a client i have in germany yeah and yeah. i can send an email to the ceo saying oh Look what Klarna is doing in the US. That, that's going to be a problem. What do you think you're going to do about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, maybe it's also the, the the false approach to try to be quicker than everyone else because um, today basically you can't. But maybe it would be better to to use that information and, like you said, with the with the fintech example, try to apply it to different situations and, and different circumstances i mean quick doesn't necessarily matter if you can't do anything with it right yeah and the thing is with with i, I think <laughs> it's, it's like you have this really really fast car in your driveway it's v12 and it has an electric motor and it, it has it, it runs on whatever but you don't have the key <laughs> you yeah. know it's like it's not it doesn't help you right? it's yeah. like you're the fastest car in the world and everything is cool but you can't drive it <laughs> so it, it makes you have to apply knowledge to what you do right and you have to be mm. i think it's it's a bit about interest right and i truly I, I really really love 
everything around branding. And I get extremely sort of emotionally involved in the companies I work with because I think it's so interesting, right? Yeah. Um, so, but but you have to find that thing, right? The thing you like to do. Yeah. So I think. I, I think at this point it would be interesting for the the listeners to to know um, which resources or how how did you get into branding more or or, or came to look at branding differently. Um, well, like I said before, right? I, I probably did branding for a long time without labeling it, but I read coincidentally actually I, I got i don't even remember why i got that all of a sudden but i got a book um from um from a guy called martin newmeyer right and um and he um he's uh by now he's uh, a relatively old uh guy he's, he's i think he's born in 1947 he's like 73 or something but um mm. there's a there's a book that's called zag And the reason I bought that book, I think, is because it applied to me because it's like it's the title says something when everybody zigs, starts zagging. Mm -hmm. And that that <laughs> but that book is is gave me this insight of that everything I've been doing until that point is called branding, right? And everyone yeah. else is trying to say something else is overcomplicating it. Mm. So and I think he is his ability of 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 simplifying a message within brand management really got to me and I, i made it my religion after that book mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so, so i'd recommend i mean it's an old book now i don't even know i think it's, it came out like it must have come out in 2000 and something like 2003 mm. or mm. 2005 i don't even remember but it's like it's, it's a long time ago uh but it's still very very relevant um and i think if you if you like the idea you know what? it doesn't actually matter if you're a founder If you are if you are a person that is supposed to um, supposed to deal or manage a brand, or if you're a sales manager, whatever you are, you need to understand what brand does to people. Right? It is a psychological um, tool to gain an advantage, competitive advantage, if you want. Right. So these kind of books, I would absolutely recommend to everyone. It doesn't matter who you are, really. Mm, and and those those core principles still apply today. But absolutely, yeah, yeah. 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 What was it uh, like at that time, two uh, something, two thousand three? Was it like a book that was brand new, or was it uh, when you read it? I mean, um, was it brand yeah, new at uh, that time? Yeah, okay. it was. It was new at the time. I think I read it like a year or something after it came out. Um, but but like it, you have you have this David Aker. Um, uh marketing approach right to things which um which is basically it's it, it's always been the same thing right you're, you're you're creating some sort of psychological edge and relevance in the consumer's mind in order yeah. to make them buy more stuff from you right yeah. what what martin neumeyer did is just sort of combining this general knowledge into something simplistic and very sort of accessible right if you You can be anyone. You can be an engineer. If you're an engineer and you don't have never heard of branding, you can read that book and you will understand it. Mm. Right? It, it, because it, it, it's so simple. And branding is, well, <laughs> I keep saying that, simple, not easy, right? It's like branding is really simple, but it's goddamn hard. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, maybe right here you can uh, expand a little bit on, on what branding is or rather what, what it's not because like like you said before i think there are a lot of 
misconceptions about branding and what people think of it? Yeah, I mean, branding is really, if you if you think about it, it is the perception that you're able to create in a customer's mind that creates value for your company. And that that's really what it is, right? Branding is is everything you're able to create that creates that sort of image and association that you want to create. Mm. So you need to use, let's put it this way, in a, um, in a new, let's say you start a new company, brand new, scratch. Nobody knows of you. Never, nobody's ever heard of you. What do you need to start with? You can start with a strategy that says something about how I'm going to grow and I'm going to make sales and I'm going to do this. Or you can start with a name and a logo. And that's what usually people do, right? And then they create mm -hmm. great technology. But in the end, if you don't start with de deciding what brand you want to have and what it's supposed to do and why it's supposed to do that, it's very difficult to differentiate your offering later, right? So you have to create these fundamental strategies in the very, very beginning. And you have to keep working with them because they are the guiding, sort of that guiding star for your company going forward, right? Because you need to tell people what you're going to do and what your vision is and what you what you want to achieve and why you're here and how you're operationally going to make that happen and, and what people should associate with your um, with your company. And then you can use marketing and communications and PR and, and mm. digital presence and websites and everything to to make that happen, right? And you have to do it There's a certain, I love this, um, there's this word called, or the two words, they're called brand touch points. And imagine you're an airline, right? How many brand touch points do you actually have when you talk to your customers? On the external side, you have everything from, you know, your booking systems, your booking engines, your your identity, your logo, your the recognition, your um, the, the PR and the articles, and then you have your booking site and then people interact with how they get prices and what are the extras and they get maybe they need customer service and then you pick up the phone and the way how you do that and then you get on the plane and then how do you are greeted in the plane what's the food like mm. what happens after you've been flying how was the pilot how was the plane was it clean was it dirty was it cool was it crap i mean there's so many things right that are defining the experience around the brand and these touch points need analysis but if you don't have a core brand strategy you can analyze all the touch points you want but you can't You can't manage them because you don't know what to do with them, right? Mm. If, you're not, if you don't know that you're a progressive brand and you want to be more innovative than anyone else, then it's very difficult to analyze the touch points and say, oh, we should change the seats to this because that makes us more innovative because you don't know, right? Then you would just change the seats for no reason. Mm. Do you think that's something that's like um, unappreciated from a perspective of, of the founders or in general when you look? Yes. Up, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, but I, I don't want to. I don't want to generalize because if you go if you go across this, across the, the the pond and you look at the US, yeah, um, they are extremely good at it, right? Yeah, I mean, the the largest brands in the world are American brands, and that's because they've been dealing with this for for centuries, right? And they're, they're much further ahead, and most of the theory and methodology we use today in Europe are uh, are come from America, right? But um, But I think there's always a distinction between the the C the CEOs or the founders or, or or the company leaders that that differentiate between branding and marketing. Um, essentially, brand management is about business management, but having mm. something tangible and emotional at the core. So it is underappreciated for sure. I think there's too little focus on it. Uh, the next generation now is focusing much more on it. We can see already that that leaders that are sort of in their 30s and 40s. They're much more aware 
of the concept of, of brand and the importance of the actual value than let's say the older generation. But um, it's better now than it was 10 years ago. So it's, it's coming. All right. So maybe we can, we can close the gap here. How did XYZ1 then came to life exactly? It's it, the funny thing is XYZ1, it, it, it seems very planned. Um, because what I did <laughs> is I started my first brand, brand consultancy after that fiasco we talked about, right? Yeah. Exactly. And it was relatively successful. I hit the financial crisis in 2009. Yes. Like really hard. <laughs> and then I uh, almost became an employee again, but that, that, that wouldn't last, right? So I haven't done that. But then I started a new uh, company that, um, that, um, that also was a brand management agency, a little bit more on the experience side, sort of taking brand strategy and, and make, it, make people feel it, uh, if you know what I mean. Uh, a bit more marketing heavy. Uh, after that, I went back, uh, started the brand project, which is um, more of a strategic high-end brand consultancy. Um, and then I met, as coincidences uh, will have it, uh, a very good friend of mine uh, came out and, um, and stopped. He would uh, be an insurance startup guy, right? He would... Uh, done with his last company was selling himself out of that and then we sat together and quit. we've been playing tennis for 10 years together but never worked together but then we said oh we should maybe share offices because i'm going to start over now because i didn't want to do that old company anymore and and you're going to start over so maybe we can do something fun together right and then and then we i did my brand project and he was doing a bit of consulting here and there but then we felt like we should start a company together that's all about innovation and cool stuff and startups and let's figure out what we what we do when we go along so we did yeah. and we called it the project <laughs> um and then uh and then we put all kinds of like small little tech companies and, and ideas we did put it all there but we felt like it became it became too loose right so we felt like if we combine startup innovation um a little bit forward thinking brand management and everything together and create like something that that can do branding and can do tech then we should really be able to win right then we mm. can create cool startups we can do what we love with branding and we can help companies to be agile around everything with brand and positioning and competitive advantage etc cetera, etc cetera. and then we can apply apply all of our knowledge into the portfolio companies and try to make them grow fast right mm. so um and that's what we did right xyz1 is is x's and y's and zeros and ones it's chromosomes you know fundamental elements of of human of humanity combined with zeros and ones which is technology right yeah and if you put these things together that's brand and tech and that's what we do today and i think that's very very nice um way to end this episode uh, robert it's been a pleasure thank you very much for taking the time thank you very much and uh <laughs> good luck <laughs> thank you you too And um, again, Martin Neumeyer, uh, Zach, was, was the book's name, right? That's where it all started. All right. Wenn ihr den Podcast noch nicht abonniert habt, macht's natürlich. Wir hören uns in der nächsten Episode. Bis dahin, macht's gut. Haut rein. Ciao.